five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, and as we said last episode, Xbox, right? Is that still a thing? Like, we are now embracing our new Microsoft overlords still? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I ever since that thing was announced, my, my life has changed. Everything that Microsoft just, like, recommends me, I, I would do, like... Hey, would you like to uh, upgrade to Windows 11? Sure. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> well, it's funny <laughs> you mention that because I bought an Office 6 365 subscription through Costco. You see? You see? Since they, the last they episode. Get We're actually yeah. recording this podcast through Microsoft Teams. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we'll get we'll get like uh, Overwatch-themed skins for Teams and for Excel. That would be <laughs> very cool. In in twenty twenty four, whenever the deal actually completes, right? Yeah, I'll wait for that. That's going to be mm. their first priority. Mm. Windows eleven is is okay. It stutters occasionally, but you have um, auto HDR, which is nice. So I get to I got to apply that to Overwatch, and it looks pretty good. It's, I'm I feel yes. like I'm already playing Overwatch too. It looks way more. Uh, colorful and stuff so <laughs> i mean in terms of overwatch i should have seen the writing on the wall when uh it got that enhanced for xbox patch but uh playstation 5 mm. didn't get anything you know no no 60 right. frames per second no 4k yeah. i'm sitting over here still playing at 30 mm-hmm. yeah so i think i'm yeah, thinking about right. giving giving away my my ps5 now I, I don't really need it it's so true Oh yeah, it's it's going to be that kind of episode if you can't already uh, tell. Uh, it's been a slow week or two uh, for both the uh, Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, at least. Um, not a whole lot going on in either side of the country, though we have a, a little bit to, to discuss uh, coming uh, somewhat out of the six. Uh, not a whole lot of activity in the Overwatch League, just some rumors that I think we'll probably touch on. And uh, yeah, there's a patch in the game with some crazy buff. So, uh, why don't we just start pushing this payload? Moving the payload. Join me. As the show notes say, uh, the, uh, two teams currently exist, right? Like I was, I was actually going through, I'm like, have I missed something in the past couple of weeks? (laughs) And, uh, no, not at all. I mean, Vancouver has found its sort of space and the social fabric of, community and social media. Um, Toronto is being more like Vancouver on the social side. Um, they have the mixture of sort of the real slick professionally created assets, but they are also embracing meme culture. And that's not mm-hmm. to suggest they didn't do that before, but I felt the meme culture existed more on like this TikTok space than it did on the Twitter space with Toronto. Now it's pretty fluid where he's like, like, does Vancouver have a TikTok account? Like, I don't know if they do. They do. I know they had an Instagram account. It feels do. like they would. All of them. Hmm. I don't like. Was this, again? This is really the weird thing about Vancouver. Is like for a while, like they might have had all these accounts, but like, what was the point of actually following or engaging? Because you got like the same stuff across the board. Like there was no real differentiation. But 
Anywho, they exist. Uh, no player activity, no front office activity. They just happen to be two teams doing stuff, maybe. Yeah, the offseason is just too long. The longer it goes, the deeper we, we dive into meme territory. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, former, you know, Vancouver Titan, jack of all trades, Harsha Bandy, mm-hmm. uh, actually made a comment about that recently where he had said that with the Overwatch League and the fact that the offseason is as long as it is mm-hmm. with with such sort of limited activity, it really does a disservice. And I mean, we've talked about it actually on this particular show a number of times, but when you have this long gap, you know, where, where there's nothing, what our, 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 or you as a fan or others supposed to do, like you, you start to find, you know, something else to get up to. Um, I look at like, I'm again, I'm a traditional sports fan. I have essentially a, a, at least one sort of sport or team that I follow throughout the year, mm-hmm. at least one. Mm-hmm. There's very few windows where I'm I'm not able to sort of engage with something. And even when it's in the off season, there is activity. Um, there are things that I can sort of engage with. Um, and I think with the Overwatch, like there, there's there's an opportunity that they've sort of cashed in periodically where you've had got these sort of team sponsored tournaments, but even those are few and far between. And, you know, Arsha sort of gets into it in his comment. And I, it's hard to, hard to disagree. Um, I would have loved to have seen, you know, a team like the Toronto defiant who's something like this. Um, I give them credit to, to suggest they might, I don't know if Vancouver would, but I just don't feel Vancouver has yet shown that they can or have interest. I do not know, but. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting to see to see the uh, I don't know I guess knowing the background between the ownership group that owns the Toronto Defiant um, and uh, the Vancouver side, I find it almost seems more like um, the Toronto team is maybe maybe a little smaller and right now a little more focused on uh, the call of duty league, which mm-hmm. is up and running again. Um, they had a, a sort of kickoff preseason uh, weekend, not this past weekend, the weekend before that, I think. And then officially the league kicks off this weekend. And it, I almost wonder if a lot of the team kind of does double duty on both. And so there's yeah. been much more of a focus and much more activity on the call of duty side as opposed to Overwatch, whereas, I mean, Vancouver obviously kind of has a similar case where they, they have a sister team in, or whatever you want to call it, team in the Call of Duty League. But I, mm-hmm. I do think it's more distinct teams that sort of manage things. At least that's well, the public perception seeing these uh, points of comparison. More importantly, was that an intended pun? <laughs> Which? What did I say? The double duty. <laughs> <laughs> obviously not if i didn't realize i even made it but uh oh, that's pretty good i'll take credit <laughs> you should i mean i was gonna say with the oam sort of point that maybe they're smaller they might be but their focus is purely esports and i'm not i'm not True. faulting a team mm-hmm. like you know toronto or vancouver either way like where how do they create something out of absolutely nothing mm-hmm. like we'll get into this in the fray but the scuttlebutt that's currently you know hitting the uh, rumor mill 
suggests that the teams are kind of in a tough spot themselves as to yeah. what they do next. So it, it's just, again, an awkward situation that the league has placed itself into. And unfortunately, you know, you've got teams that are, are probably struggling to go in and keep an audience engaged. You've got content creators like us who, you know, we've, we've gone down to every two weeks and I was putting our show notes together this week. I honestly was like, you know, do we even have a show here? Like mm-hmm. we'll record something, but my goodness, this is, this is becoming increasingly tough. And I know there are other like podcasts at least, cause that's sort of the space I pay attention to. They've just turned off because like, what can they do? I mean, well, they, they've made the choice not to, to continue until such time as things fire up. Yeah. And it's, it's also interesting to follow someone like, like Adam Adamu, obviously friend of the show, uh, works for overactive media and he's often tweeting some of the stats. Um, or at least I'm often seeing stats coming from him about the engagement that, um, that they see on Twitter on the, again, other side of the fence on the call of duty side with the Toronto mm-hmm. ultra. Um, and it really does make me wonder, um, what does the engagement look like in terms of Twitter, in terms of TikTok, in terms of, uh, just numbers on, on, on game day and stuff like that. How much of a difference are they seeing in these numbers? I have to assume it's pretty significant. And some of that's going to be performance-based because the Toronto ultra did very well this past season. Um, but it's just interesting to see these kind of. How well did they do? Sorry for butting in. No, that's okay. Uh, they placed second overall. They actually. Uh, oh, nice. They went, I believe, the full amount of rounds in the final. I think, I mm. think it goes to something crazy like wow. nine. I could be could be wrong. Yeah, it was so it was actually kind of almost there. Yes, almost there. They kind of got reverse swept, kind of thing, uh, which which Ooh. sucked. But regardless, it was a great match, and the team did very very well, mm-hmm. um, especially coming from you know, essentially nothing from not being one of the top teams to really building things up throughout the season and becoming one of the, the teams to watch kind of thing. Um, nice. So anyways, I just find the comparison points very interesting of a league where, yeah, you see a yearly entry in this, in the game and the league has maybe more of a standard kickoff and, and off season. Right. Um, well, and their structure is completely different, but that structure well, totally. seems to work, right? Exactly. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's essentially a series of tournaments that play into a grand sort of final tournament. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the overwatch league, they've kind of played they, around with that and they've kind of done yeah. different things and they've kind of see it. It seems like they, they haven't really settled or, or figured out how exactly they want to approach it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Again, who knows? We say all this and then tomorrow, because it's Wednesday, uh, when this podcast episode goes live, all sorts of crazy stuff will will get announced. But as it exists, only Vancouver and Toronto remain in existence without any activity. Um, Before we move into the fray, um, I hadn't noticed this. I'll be very honest. It wasn't something that had crossed my radar um, about a week or so ago, but uh, Fran had had shared uh, essentially a twit longer. And, uh, I, again, had overlooked it It, when I was sort of looking for what we should talk about. I I found it and she had shared a, a, a long thread as to, um, what she is sort of doing on a move forward basis. 
Um, she explained that she's been getting a fair amount of harassment over the years on a variety of different topics. And again, we've talked about this as, as a podcast, um, uh, a female streamer, a female personality receives far too much hatred, harassment, um, you know, misogyny in this, this, this space. And it's, it's abhorrent to, to see and bear witness to, but she explains that, you know, has just gotten to a point where she no longer enjoys streaming. Uh, she no longer enjoys playing overwatch. Um, she had reached a point where, you know, while she's upset that she's no longer connecting with, you know, her community, the community that <laughs> embraced her, mm-hmm. she needed to make a, a decision to focus on herself, um, her family, who she had expressed that there had been some strain with when she had really sort of committed to the streaming career. Um, but, you know, taking this sort of quoted directly from the twit longer, um, she says, will I play Overwatch ever again? Probably not. And Overwatch 2 won't change my mind. Will I ever stream again? Probably not, as I would like to close this chapter of my life and move on. I, first of all, applaud Fran for having the the strength to, to share, you know, such candid thoughts. And I am fully behind whatever decision she were to make. The Overwatch community is much less than it was when Fran was actively involved. I mean, who in the community does not know the, you know, Fran Overwatch Community Cup, right? Um, like, she did things to help further the the brand almost at a grassroots level, and this is not good a good look for the scene. But I also wonder what this means for her sort of relationship with the Toronto Defiant, because she was a content creator. She was streaming under that brand. I actually saw recently a video where she was, I think, giving a tour of, of Toronto. And I knew, again, having seen that, had not even correlated that she had not been streaming. But it, I hope she does stick around in that capacity. But it's, again, it's it's bad that someone like her has decided to peace out on the title and the game altogether. Um, did you see sort of where her, her uh, note about giving it all up came from, or I guess what kind of spurred a lot of this on? Well, I mean, I, I just sort of read through the, the twit longer itself. Um, I mean, she had referenced NFTs and I had sort of looked at her, her, um, you know, sort of Twitter conversations and mm-hmm. there seemed to have been quite a bit of a vitriol uh, on that particular topic, but it, it's beyond that. What really, concerns me is obviously the misogyny that's involved. Um, and this is, it's just, I hate to say it, but the esports scene scene is still not a safe place for people. Oh yeah. And especially I, women. I, I don't mean to take away from that. I was just curious because it, I did the same thing as you, honestly, I missed most of it. And then I saw, I think the tweet about the twit longer and was kind of like, oh, this, this seemingly came out of nowhere. And so then, you know, you do a little looking into it and sure enough, I found, yeah, she made some comments about NFTs. Um, and I think it would be ridiculous to say that that sort of conversation or that whatever situation that happened is, is why I think that situation is probably the straw that broke the camel's back. 
you know, to use a phrase. Um, because you're right. That's, that's something that we know, uh, many, many people deal with, uh, not only in esports, but in gaming in general, um, in these kind of communities is the misogyny, the vitriol, the hate, um, especially against minorities, including women, including people of color, including, uh, just discrimination and, and things like that. So yeah, obviously, uh, really awful that it comes to that. Um, you know, I would hope that it's also, you know, Fran making this decision. I would hope that it's indicative of the fact that, you know what, she's made plenty of money off of her video gaming streaming career. And she now is able to take the step back that she wants to. And like she said, you know, return to the family and, and that kind of stuff. I would hope that it is again, obviously straw that broke the camel's back, but I would hope that it's more born out of the fact that she no longer needs to do this and she is making the decision as opposed to in a lot of ways being forced into it, uh, because of the circumstance, right? Um, in, in my mind, you know, NFT comments aside or not, you know, I don't truly know what really happened there because I wasn't too involved with it. Um, again, other than reading the tweets, uh, I hope it was ultimately her decision. And I hope that, uh, you know, she's able to live a bright future with, with the impact she's left behind kind of thing. Yeah, not not a lot to add. It's just like uh, sad that she she's uh, probably one of the uh, premier female content creators that we have in this scene in Overwatch. So it's sad, and and whatever pushed her towards that decision, I'm sure it's not just like a knee jerk reaction to some mm-hmm. you know recent stuff with. NFTs or whatnot, and something that's been piling on for for a while. Nobody just quits, you know, a job so quickly just from one thing. Unless, yeah, you know, it's something really bad. So I'm sure it's been. It's been yeah, but, I mean, uh, the, yeah, we, we don't need like we don't need like proof uh, <laughs> to know that sexism exists oh, in Overwatch or in esports. Um, yeah, it's just sad, and and unfortunately, we're still not there apparently, and and hopefully. Um, people, you know, take the right side in this and then support um, things uh, that, you know, like uh, like the new uh, tournament that was announced. These are great initiatives and, and people should be allies in, in this regard in our community too. And she does, you know, say in the twit long, like she gives us a glimpse of some of the crap that she's had to deal with over the years. <laughs> and it it's i mean that's just a glimpse i can unfortunately believe that there is exponentially more and probably worse stuff and that is just a sad representation of the space and it's not a it's not a it's not an overwatch thing it's yeah not it's it's unfortunately the industry the community within the industry and even in sort of you know, our real life spaces, it's, there's still this a long ways for us to go. We'll take ourselves a short break, um, before diving into the fray.
Action uh, in the Overwatch League, either. I mean, obviously, most rosters are in a place where they're set. We still have, I believe, two teams, um, if memory serves me correct, that still haven't reached the quote unquote minimum, but are obviously there because the league has said as much. Uh, but uh, what moves have we seen in the last two weeks? Well, Shanghai Dragons, they uh, they cut Molly, seen Dodd, until Guangzhou uh, Charge said they added Molly, which makes better sense. But the the part about this is that it, it wasn't like a trade or maybe it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. We don't know about it <laughs> either way. But uh, I mean, that was a change there, but we've seen a, 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 well, officially one team at a player, Houston adding merit, making that announcement uh, the Nurk Associate also had a cookie as a head coach and online as a, an assistant coach. Um, uh, Philly has announced that Fix is joining uh, their team, though. Uh, that was not on the OverwatchLeague.com uh, uh, official roster announcement, so it doesn't, it's, purely doesn't matter speculation. to me. Yeah. That's right. Even though it's coming from the team itself and doesn't say pending league approval. It doesn't, does it? Um, he's also only 17 if his Twitter profile is to be believed, which means he's not technically of age to play, but uh, there's still probably time before the league starts. I mean, we don't technically have a start date. The league could start tomorrow. Wouldn't that be something if it started tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to play Overwatch 3. That's right. On Wednesday. On Wednesday, they'll <laughs> announce this weekend. That's right. Um, the other sort of big news uh, in regards to the Overwatch League, are, are a couple of quote-unquote cuts. Although, in fairness, it wasn't so much as a they were cut as if they were more free agents. But uh, Brennan Sideshow have shared that uh, they are available. Um, the they wish the Overwatch League well, and then we're open to obviously opportunities. Uh, in, since that time, Sideshow had had a, a stream where he sort of provided some context. Um, and they've actually, I think they've spoken to Dexerto and maybe Game House as well, but Dot Esports too. Excuse me. Dot Esports. Okay. Yeah. Essentially the Overwatch League, um, before the end of the calendar year, 2021, uh, had offered Brandon Sideshow a, uh, contract, each one of them individually a contract. Um, the numbers that they were offered, uh, Sideshow had sort of alluded to, were lower than not only they'd expected, but what they feel they would actually obtain just on the market. Mm-hmm. And they sort they said no. And the Overwatch League had set an extremely aggressive, like you need to accept this by this sort of deadline. Um, so Brennan Sideshow had said, "Well, no, this is this isn't. We we feel we're worth more." And uh, instead of receiving a counter um, to their, well, no, we don't accept this, uh, the Overwatch League simply said, okay, peace be with you, which is weird that they would be so aggressively moving on from the likes of like Brendan Sideshow, who I feel bring quite a bit of um, credibility uh, to their sort of casting roster. But nonetheless, the league's decided to move on and, and uh, what makes this further complex is then you have this change of sort of Overwatch League leadership 
who then engage, I think, on the Sideshow tweet and say, oh, well, yeah, you know, the door is always open. We'd love to, you know, maintain this relationship. <laughs> so it kind of like, like is one hand not talking to the other here? Yeah, I think a lot of it was kind of already revealed that probably it was mostly about money. I don't want to say more more because I, I don't know, but from the way that it was worded, uh, the offer not being competitive, it's not like they uh, didn't want to stay, but, but you know, they have uh, Flatchat expanded into Valorant as well. So they they are keeping that option alive as well, and and maybe they probably know uh, what offers people are getting over on that side. So you know this is the competition right now for OWL, and it's sad to see them go. Uh, like them or not, they they're probably two of the most entertaining commentators they've had. Also, longest tenured, they've been there not not in a commentating capacity from but from the inaugural season as well. So, you know, it's always sad. But hopefully, it, uh, you know, we get to see more new talent coming up. Maybe uh, finally, you know, Leg Day or Lemon Kiwi coming well, up from Tier 2, which also something that they uh, themselves said. I'm not sure if it yeah. was Brent and, or Sideshow. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think in, and in Brent's stream, Brent had said that, but I believe, or Sideshow stream, sorry, he had said that, but I think both he and Brent have, um, was that, hey, you know, yes, us maybe going somewhere else opens up this opportunity for tier two talent. There is great talent out there. Um, the thing that, I mean, it sort of boggles the mind in that if it's about money and, you know, Sideshow and Bren, they have an idea of what they're worth, what they feel they can get onto the, the open $1 million, market, <laughs> whatever it might be. I would have to presume the Overwatch League also realizes what these two can obtain on the market. So if they come in with an offer that was that low without the desire to counter, it comes across to me that the league was simply going through the motions, mm-hmm. having already, at least with that leadership group, define the, the likely outcome. And as further rumors go on that the league is possibly looking at outsourcing its operations, very similar to what they have done with the call of duty league. It kind of adds up because if you're going to contract out operations in that sense, you're probably not going to then want to have your casting staff on payroll when you're not involved on the production end. It, it's just, there's it's, it's just one of, I think, many question marks the league is simply throwing up in the air that do itself a disservice and this is nothing against like if a leg day or um you know can we get an opportunity let me can we get an opportunity it's it's just the league itself it's it's we don't know what the heck they're going to be playing we don't know when they'll be playing we don't like the other rumor is that the teams are currently trying to figure out like how to operate in a world where they might be playing on an engine that they don't have access to and have no idea when they'll get it. So they're like <laughs> screaming in workshop modes based on what they think mm-hmm. they might be working on. Um, there's rumors of heroes being like added straight away. You can't build these heroes 
in the game. Mm -hmm. You could probably workshop like a Reinhardt to do crazy things, but that's not going to give you your new tank hero or whatever, you know, Mauga or whoever it might be. So again, who's doing all of this to itself? It's the league. Yeah, it's, it's very, I, I honestly think you're, you're right. It, there's an element of, you know, one hand not talking to the other. There's an element of, of people not being in decisions that maybe they should have been in. Um, I think there's also probably got to be some confusion between old versus new, um, you know, with, with Jeff Kaplan moving on. And um, I think it's Sean Miller, right? Taking over from him. Um, I think it, it very, very much strikes me as just things are disorganized. Um, there really needs to be, and, and this isn't to say that, you know, Sean Miller or someone in, in a higher up position doesn't have a handle on things, but it seems like somebody isn't aware of all the pieces that are going on. Um, like the, the a big thing that strikes me is, they have to know how bad all of this looks, right? From a simple PR perspective, they have to understand that the silence, the bad press from, you know, Sideshow and, and Bren making these announcements, um, the lack of a start date, they have to understand that these things don't look good, right? These things aren't encouraging uh, new fans to get into the Overwatch League, nor are they encouraging existing fans to stick around. Like I, I truly don't understand why they aren't at least saying something. And then you see someone like, uh, uh, Sean Miller commenting, like you said on Brennan Sideshow, you know, mentioning that they're leaving and you see him saying, you know, doors always open. And it's kind of like, but is it, you know, <laughs> if the door was always, it, it is. Yeah. It's just a door though. The house. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta imagine that the house is there, but you can see the door. It's, it's actually a hobbit-sized door. It's not, it's not a full-size <laughs> door. So if you guys want to come in, you kind of gotta hunch over a little bit and fit into our door. Yeah, but like that's that's the thing, right? Is like, I don't know. It was, in a lot of ways, I honestly thought that it was kind of encouraging to see Brennan Sideshow making those public announcements. Um, not even in like a power play way of it's them saying, you know, kind of strong arming the league to be like, yeah, if you're not going to bring us back for what we want, then, then we're going to announce it so that you do. Um, but I think it was good to see them doing that just in the sense of, um, I know I can't remember if it was last season or maybe the season before that, but, um, Uber went on some, some rage about on Twitter, about casters and talent not being paid what they're worth. And, and, and I think it might've even been because of some controversy in Valorant or something like that. Um, and he was basically saying, you know, these companies need to realize that, uh, they can't push us around and we can't let them push us around. Um, and so it was, it was good in my eyes to see Brennan sideshow saying like, yeah, we were made this offer. We didn't think it was adequate. So we turned it down sure. They probably thought they were going to receive a counter. Um, I did read the, the interview that I think Liz Richardson at dot esports did with Brennan sideshow. And, uh, Bren said that, yeah, when they, when they received that kind of firm deadline, that was the first time that had happened. And it mm -hmm. kind of left an icky feeling in him. Um, 
you know, he, he very much was a little bit like, it wasn't one thing or the other that made the decision for them. Um, you know, it wasn't just the pay and it wasn't just the deadline. And it wasn't just the fact that we know nothing about what the next season will be like. Uh, he, he said it was, it was a number of things and they just kind of felt like all these things together meant it was time. Um, I do personally think it's, it's a big loss. Um, they were my personal favorite casting duo. Um, there's other talent that I definitely like, but I think they were probably the most entertaining ones. And they definitely had a knack for, you know, making the most doldrum of matches at least oh. interesting to hear. It was engaging. They it, they were intelligent. Yeah. They were... They were kind of the whole package, they, really. They were knowledgeable yeah, about I mean, the game. They were knowledgeable about situations and uh, heroes and talents. Um, Sideshow even said, actually, in, in the interview with, with Liz that he had kind of not really been that interested in playing the game itself for a while. Whereas Bren had, I think been grinding, um, trying to get his SR up and everything like that. Um, at the same time, also grinding in Valorant, but still, um, but Sideshow had said like, he just wasn't really interested in the game very much anymore. Um, still enjoyed watching it and casting it and everything, but he just wasn't playing it. And it's kind of like, you know, all these things must be considerations when, when looking at this as your future, right? Yeah. Do you, well, actually, do you think Uber plays the game? That's a great point. Um, I have seen a few of his streams. I think I have seen him play it, but I don't know that I would say, yeah, he's he's actively playing it. I mean, I don't think uh, Matt plays it either. You know, Mister X. Um, well, I so I've been like I haven't been you know Matt streams a long time, Mister X, but um, a few times I have. He has it has been a stream oh, okay. of Overwatch. But the but the reason I, I I sort of bring up is Uber playing. It's not knock on Uber, mm-hmm. but. I feel that you don't have to play the game necessarily yeah. to understand, to be able to cast, to be able to explain to the audience what's happening. You have to be a top 500 uh, GM or GM or bus. Yeah. Like every every commentator in the NBA or any NHL, they're like perennial <laughs> all-stars, right, in the past. That's true. Well, it's so in, let's see, in hockey, there's a good chance you were a goaltender. In baseball, there's a good chance you were a catcher. Like there's a specific position mm-hmm, yeah. in each of the sports that seems to populate most guard. of them. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what's the role in Overwatch that gives you the casting, you know, SR as you're uh, playing, right? Torb one trick. Torb one trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anywho, I mean, it's, it is what it is, and who knows? Maybe when this episode goes live, they make announcements. We all are, you know, stuck with a little, uh, you know, pie in the face. But I'd be okay with that, this, yeah. honestly. But at this point, um, yeah, we'll we'll be back in two weeks' time, where we'll maybe be able to go and hypothesize some more too, right? Yeah, that's just as equal. Uh, before we get into uh, our overlords, Microsoft, uh, the lunar event is live. Um, what's new about this lunar event, obviously new cosmetics, uh, legendary skins down by one, which they have explained away as being, well, we're making so much awesome content for you right now that, uh, (laughs) sorry, it was that loud. You should get that, that checked out. (laughs) Yeah, I should should Um, get a test. But, uh, I mean, I, I, they could have one cosmetic, a legendary cosmetic. They could have 20. 
I'm I, I like the artwork. I like a lot of the cosmetics they're putting into the game, but that's not what we'll, I play it as my casual sort of pickup game. But I am getting to the point where I'm stout now trying to explore and try to find something else. I'm almost bored playing Overwatch. Okay. I've actually reached like, and I've talked about this, I've alluded to, or I'm like, I'm getting these weird places, but then I, I get interested again. No, I'm I'm bored. And I feel that the moment I stop playing the game, that will then start to mean that my interest with the podcast starts to wane as well. So hopefully we keep you going. Yeah. Um, but the uh, lunar event also included a buff to mercy. Um, did you guys know this? First of all, I've heard just from reading your notes. Yeah, I, I agree. wasn't aware. <laughs> so, so I've, so I've been playing the lunar event now for, well, since it, you know, launched over a week ago and this having, you know, gone through the patch notes just to, you know, make sure nothing had been overlooked. Um, I was not aware that mercy was buffed and can now attempt to res environmental deaths. Hmm. So what happens, let's say you're on well and you get booped into the well, (laughs) you fall in, you're no more, but your little, you know, sort of, death orb then appears at the top of the well and starts dropping down. If mercy is nearby, mercy can go and try to res that. And the moment she goes and hits the ability, the orb will pause. Like it will sit there (laughs) while she's doing that. And if she gets it off, you're resed and you can both fall down the well. (laughs) Well, see, this is the, like, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, so where, where do you, where do you spawn? Yeah. Like, like if you get booped on the ledge, an, I guess like an environmental, like, are you being sort of put to the most immediate spot that you can get to? Because I could almost guarantee there are going to be people who get res now and they'll be like, double kill. What? And they'll, they'll step <laughs> back nice the well. added to it. Yeah. You know, to me, the timing of it makes me suspect that we're going to have ledges in overwatch too. Wow. Big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard it here. First. Environmental kills will be returned. Yeah. Confirmed in Overwatch too. I could see it. It's like it, it didn't. It didn't come out of an experimental patch, as far as I know. Like I do not recall reading about this out of experimental. We've had this game for how long now? Where what is the one way to ensure Mercy can't res someone? Mm-hmm. The environmental, mm-hmm. right? To the point that it is almost part of uh, uh, the the tech of the game. Like you want to get mm-hmm. you need. You need, you know, the mercy is sitting on that res, you know, you know, Brian has his alt or something like that. And you can have the opportunity to somehow boop him off. You boop him off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's so. actually an interesting one. I, I kind of like it. It strikes me as a kind of the, the dark souls method where if, if you're not a fan of dark souls, if you, um, if you get killed, you drop your your souls, your sort of currency in the game, and they wait there for you to return, assuming you don't get killed on the way back to the, to them. But it kind of always does this thing where it's like maybe 10 seconds before you are killed is where they're actually placed. So it kind of strikes me as that. Maybe when you get rezzed, you are, you know, it essentially rewinds your positioning by, I'm sure it's not 10 seconds because that would be very drastic in a fast-paced game like Overwatch, but rewinds you to the most recent in theory, on land or safe position. Um, so yeah, you would be essentially on the edge of the well or, you know, in university, you'd be on the edge of the road or something like that. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to 
you know, point out, it's not like you Mercy has the entire timer that you have to be resed because that res bubble is true disappearing faster than you know she can possibly get to it. So it's just a the timing of the change for me is what's weird. Mm-hmm. Right? If 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 this had happened a couple of years back, it would have been like, oh cool, interesting. This is a neat approach, blah, blah, blah. If it had shown up in experimental or or what have you, okay, cool. Maybe this is something they're they're playing around with. This is just like maybe this buff is the reason there's only two legendary skins. <laughs> couldn't couldn't <laughs> fit all, all three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as we wrap up the show, let's talk a little bit about our, our new overlords, Microsoft. So, um, it came out today that, uh, the federal trade commission, in the United States, one of their regulatory bodies is going to be reviewing, uh, the deal between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Now, normally, uh, antitrust is often dealt with from the justice department. And in this particular case, it's the Federal Trade Commission. That's not to suggest they both don't review such things, but the Justice Department is sort of the group that enforces the law, and the Federal Trade Commission is more of the government body that sort of does the, uh, you know, finds the problems and makes, you know, decisions and rulings and, and what have you. So, I have to give uh, some credit to the the idea that was uh, shared by um, a member of uh, RSP Cord, and uh, what she had gone on to say was that it's possible that the decision of the FTC involved is more about protecting the consumer, so us as the consumers of games, as opposed to having the Justice Department where they're actually looking to maybe punish, fine, or invalidate the deal from a, a legal perspective. And I hadn't really considered that. I just, what I found it odd was like, oh, are they, like, is this just going to be resulting in legislative change? Now, this doesn't mean everything's good, but what also came to light was apparently if this deal does not go through, so if something happens and Microsoft can't close, Activision Blizzard gets $3 billion. Hmm. I mean, it's that pales in comparison yep. to the actual deal itself. But uh, $3 billion is enough to buy a couple of coffees at Starbucks, I think. Or is that where Bobby caught it? In, the, in this economy, I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. Well, I was going to say um, at Jeff's, but then Jeff no longer has the coffee shop. So who knows what they're going to call it in uh, Overwatch 2. <laughs> Yeah, I. it is interesting that they have that kind of back out, but I mean, nothing is free, right? Especially when you're dealing with that amount of money, they're like, they're going to scrape for getting anything if it doesn't go through. I I, it, I struggle to imagine a world it doesn't go through. Like, yeah, just I, I realize how big and historic and how much money they're dealing with and everything. It just strikes me as you don't see a company take that kind of risk if they don't already have some pretty good assurances that they're going to be able to go through with it. Um, You know, Microsoft has their own legal team as does Activision Blizzard. And I'm sure they were both working overtime to make sure that the screws were as tight as possible on this before, uh, you know, announcing and signing the final papers and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, 
I'm not, again, I, I sort of guess I'm with, with you here. I don't feel that the deal will be invalidated, but um, I do wonder if, you know, and it sort of goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode. Could Microsoft be forced to sell off a portion? Mm. Yet, ultimately, if they were forced to sell, who would be buying? Like we saw Sony today buy Bungie, mm-hmm. which is an interesting development, but. Would Sony decide to buy whatever Microsoft was forced to sell to ATVI? Like, I'm so sad that Bungie no longer owns Halo. (laughs) It would have been amazing if Halo was like a Sony property. The biggest and 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 Spyro and and Crash Bandicoot would have been a Microsoft property. I was about to say the biggest travesty of this whole Activision Blizzard thing is that uh, Crash Bandicoot (laughs) is now exclusive to Microsoft. How the turntables that is, Crash Bandicoot is essentially what got me into gaming. That was my my fondest childhood memories are playing Crash Bandicoot. So such a shame. Um and then a couple other sort of quick hits. Uh apparently Blizzard is working on a new IP. Yeah. Now, historically, this has happened before, and the new IP could very well spin into a different IP. You know, that's how we got Overwatch. Hmm. Uh, I wonder. Actually, I genuinely wonder how long it took for them to develop whatever Titan was, to then reach the decision that it's not going to work out, and then look at all the pieces on the floor and say, "Hey, this makes a good game like Overwatch happen, <laughs> right?" Because then there was the time to build into Overwatch. Like, I genuinely wonder. Like, and then you know, if I'm going to go and down this rabbit hole, was Titan? what we're getting with overwatch Two, a PVE experience that they then pivoted into a complete PVP, but they couldn't get the balance right. So then they threw it on the floor and they picked up the PVP pieces. And that's what gave us overwatch one. Like I'll use Bungie as an example. Mm-hmm. When destiny launched, what we got with destiny one was considered to be incomplete and almost a rushed out product. Yeah. It was a real fun game. I really enjoyed it, but the story seemed kind of incomplete. And then they left off with the character and the stranger that pieces out goes elsewhere. And then we started to see some of like the images and the, um, you know, uh, some of the development um, screens, what have you. It's like, wow, this is, they really went and pivoted. And then what did we get in in destiny Two? destiny Two built off a lot of the cut, content from destiny one right so maybe maybe that's what overwatch 2 is overwatch 2 is what titan was are we gonna get uh jetpack cat finally jet cat jetpack cat yeah jetpack cat or was it what was that uh rumored character um six-tailed fox that would be nine-tailed fox ninja fox. oh that's actually uh, that we we i think got a silhouette I am looking at for like an upcoming hero. So I I will upload this screenshot to our, our, our podcast chat right now. I think Um, that's still in play that I actually, there we go. I just sent it out. I was actually thinking about bringing this up and asking you guys if, uh, if we were to get another new character revealed, who would it be? Out of you know, out of this, or if you're aware of any other ones, obviously we know Sojourn, who's on this image, is coming. But who do you think is most likely? Well, I, I 
I was of the belief Mauga. That's kind of how I feel too. Um, given, I think we're overdue for, for, I mean, I guess we had Sigma, but I feel like they need to beef up some of these other, other roles outside of DPS. But then, but that's the thing though, is like Overwatch 2 is apparently going to retool heroes. Like they're, I want to say where it was, I read like Doomfist Mm -hmm. was being, becoming a tank. I don't know if that's confirmed. I, I know I saw stuff on that no, as well. Um, but, but again, I mean, it's it's the unknown of Overwatch 2. That, the other rumor is that three weeks' time, we're going to learn so much more about it. And by the way, here's a beta to play. Is, yeah. is that a rumor? I have not heard that. I just wish oh, we, you, we get Mama Hong eventually. The, okay, so, Remember so that what Omni's referring to, if you go back to like the OG, OG really early. Like character models... Um, and I, I think this was the Titan. This was the Titan characters that they were pulling from, like whatever that IP was that they built. Mm, yeah. yeah, there was, uh, was it Mama, it Mama Hong? In the chat, yeah. You can see right there at the bottom left next to the Roadhog. Oh, I see it. Character. Yeah. She's got a cigarette in her mouth and curlers in her hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been awesome. And, and so... What's actually interesting is that OG OG like um, character sort of model, the newer leak is almost identical format mm-hmm. to like the text and what have you, mm-hmm. but the it's different. So it's, it's all, like if someone had put it together, they went deep to make it look like what is again, I don't think this was confirmed, but it was like confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that the image that Omni sent with this kind of OG stuff, I think this came from the Overwatch art book that came out a while back, where this is all official concept art. Um, the image that I sent, although those images are, you know, from official media and stuff, like some is from the comics and, and other cinematics and things like that. Um, the one that I sent is, I think, pretty fan piece together. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Blizzard makes cool art. I look at this stuff. Oh yeah. Although I don't want to live in a world where it looks like Soldier Seventy Six is named Troy, um, <laughs> I, I don't like that. I like some of these Ironclad. I was going to say Ironclad is a you could have been an Ironclad one trick. Um, uh, whatever Hive Mind is, that looks pretty cool. Uh, I one. like Hanzo. I wish he <laughs> gets into the game. <laughs> That's right. And I think they've talked about how you know Genji was originally named Hanzo, and then they split the character yeah. into two. And they made them brothers and they built it into the lore and stuff. There's a lot of cool sort of seeds in here that obviously if you know Overwatch, you can kind of extrapolate and pull from. I mean, Iris obviously became Echo and Ironclad became Torb. Um, But I don't know. There's, I think there's some cool stuff they got going on in here. The, um, going deep into here, like May was a Canadian hero originally. I did not know that. That's cool. So, I mean, what was the Canadian hero? It was so May was originally a Canadian hero. Oh, the ice and all, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and so what they ended up doing was was pivoting um, as they built the game out, wanting to ensure that they had a a fair representation of really the multicultural Mm -hmm. um, world they were building. Mm -hmm. And then that's where sort of, you know, Farah had the Canadian roots, mm-hmm. her, her father being Canadian. So then there was that then set off like, Oh, okay. That we'll, we're going to see a new hero, Canadian hero. It's going to be a male character. And now we you know Sojourn or Sojourn, however you want to pronounce it is, 
is Canadian. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, what's most important, which heroes or heroes are, are from Canada. I always personally just identified with the fact that Lucio plays hockey because of his, his skins. <laughs> I, I always enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'd like to see some more Canadian representation. Although yeah. I do like the idea of thinking about May's little gun squirt, uh, shooting syrup instead of, uh, Maple, maple syrup, Instead of ice. frozen, frozen maple frozen syrup, syrup right. icicles, and just well, no, and the alt like her her alt still works, right? Oh, totally. Instead of it being a blizzard, it's just it's maple syrup you get coated. Oh my and god! You, you, it's a it's a crowd control, right? You get stuck, and then like you can't do anything. I mean, maybe there's a little sort bit of, of uh, icing sugar that floats on top of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. <laughs> I like there it. There we go. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And which which then ties into why the heck Wrecking Ball has his too early for Flapjacks, you know, <laughs> voice line, which I spam all the time. Too early for Flapjacks. Too early for I've Flapjacks. I've never heard that, but <laughs> I'll take your word for oh, it. So I have, so I, I played a match. My brother and I were playing a match in Mystery Heroes where another pair, all they were doing was spamming voice lines nonstop. Mm. And what we realized is they were able to do this because you can spam voice line, so many voice lines in a period of time before it gives you your time out. Mm -hmm. Some of the longer ones, if you allow them to complete, mm. it doesn't actually hit the, the timeout uh, timer. And so like with Winston, it's like the one about um, mountain gorillas, oh, but moon gorillas, they need to wear a jacket. Um, and then, no, I do not want a banana. And so what I've now done is I have gone in and gotten the voice lines that are some of the longer ones <laughs> so that I can spam. And I've like, uh, key bound my F key to be my voice spam. So if, if you want to tell me to do something, my acknowledgement is mountain gorillas or I'm not a psychopath. I think the next episode of I'm a high functioning psychopath. I was doing this that. like. Go ahead. I'm long, a long, long time ago with uh, you are already sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the combination, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, let me show you beer. <laughs> I really think the next episode of Ready, Set, Pwned should just be you guys uh, doing different voice lines the entire time. <laughs> oh, man. Um Look at this is this is the type of show we got. I said it's going to be a short one, and look at that, we're coming up to an hour. And I think we spent the last twenty minutes talking about theoretical whatever the heck you know Blizzard might be working on an Overwatch built on an IP that was built on an IP. Maybe the less news we get, the the more we talk. I don't know. Maybe that's that's true. But uh, we are at the end of the show. There isn't any much more to talk about unless we make stuff up, which is equally as possible. Um, oh, uh, I did want to bring in that rumor. So the, there was someone on Twitter that said Overwatch 2 beta is likely releasing or being announced in three weeks. Apparently there was a routered update with game services, it included Battlenate, and it included an update item for Overwatch with demo. I mean, read that with whatever the heck you want. Um, another uh, content uh, provider had, had a quote-unquote uh, interview with a content creator who was invited to the December event and had to go and mask their voice because it's totally legitimate. Mm. And apparently the game is a lot closer than we have been led to believe. And they just plan on announcing really big news as part of the, uh, the quarterly update that uh, Activision Blizzard uh, will be providing. I guess 
this month, was it? That we would see the Q4? Uh, week three of uh, February, apparently. Yeah. Which then ties into the three weeks away part. So yeah, I will believe Anywho. it when I see it or hear it. Yeah. But, but this is uh, uh, the end of, uh, of the show. Um, so yeah. Any final words of wisdom that uh, the two of you have for all of our listeners this week? I'll finish off. And that also ties in a little bit into overwatch voice lines, but uh, gong shi fa to all of you who celebrate the lunar new year, I guess tomorrow will be, Already the second, but right now, yeah. Kong Shifa. Happy New Year. Yeah. Cool. Jordan. Um, well, uh, I mean, I'll second that, but I was also gonna say, and it kind of does relate to Overwatch in a in a morbid way. Uh this little quote, I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too. Games you can't win, because you'll play against you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> If you want to second the the happy Lunar New Year, you can do the Cantonese version. Maybe you can. I sure can. <laughs> There's actually two. Did you know? I think that's Gong Hei Fat Choi. That's the Cantonese version. Okay. See, that's that's the you know the greeting that I'm more familiar with. Yeah. Gong Hei Fat Choi. Yeah. Oh. Um. So I I I am sticking to my dad joke thing. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what did they get when the old Egyptian school bus broke down? Mm, oh, that's no, convoluted as hell. <laughs> what did they get when the old Egyptian school bus broke down? Anubis. <laughs> yep. yep. Should've, that's should've, a great one. <laughs> oh, these get to me. I love it. Should have seen that coming. So the the joke that I shared last episode, which... I guess was not a good joke because it flew over your head <laughs> has been confirmed as being a great joke. It was that others have taken from our show and shared with their own ID departments to, to many accolades. So I work in it That's... and I somehow missed it, but after you explained it, <laughs> I, I realized the brilliance. Uh, Jordan, wait till you hear the, the joke I had uh, planned, but then I decided it wasn't family friendly enough. Oh no. <laughs> well, well, we'll listen to that in RSP after dark. Um, the private podcast where the three of us talk and never share what we talk about. But uh, if you are looking for more Ready Set Phone, you can find us uh, online readysetphone.com. We're obviously on Twitter at Ready Set Phone there. And then the three of us individually, I am Light Force, Sir Dr. JM, and at Omni Strife is Omni. But on behalf of the three of us, uh, sign off this episode with Catchphrase. Thank you.